Hi, everybody. Meteorologist Joe Chaffee here. Joe Rayo will be joining us in just a second uh, here on the Joe and Joe Weather Show. And the uh, Joe and Joe Weather Show is brought to you by, drumroll please, it is brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware, Long Island's largest rock salt provider. Are you getting ready for winter? Omni True Value Hardware is ready for winter as the largest provider of rock salt on Long Island. And it's not just rock salt, but Mag Ice Melting Pellets and Flakes, Petalo Premium Snow and Ice Melter, Biomelt, Geomelt, Spreaders, Shovels, Snowblowers, and more. Prepare ahead for any winter storms. 1226 Wellwood Avenue in West Babylon. And the telephone number is 631-756-1125. Or go to the website, omnitruevalue.com. So now I am going to... Uh, bring Mr. Rayo in here at the moment. So just hang on one second, and uh, he will be on momentarily. The boxes will jump around, and there he is, Joe Rayo, as uh, the Joe and Joe Weather Show started, albeit just a minute or so ago. Uh, uh, if you look on the chat board, I just wrote, hey, hey, Joe, I've been waiting for you. Right. <laughs> well, you never sure. Right. You never cared about me anyway. All you ever wanted was supper on the table, no responsibility, but no matter. Uh, we are uh, moving ahead to, Joe, a very interesting week on a number of levels. But before we do that, let's just make a couple of announcements. First off, uh, I just want to let all my uh, all the members of my weather platform on Patreon, we will be doing our Zoom tonight at 9 o'clock Eastern time. So once this show ends... Check uh, on Patreon and look for the uh, Zoom link, okay? And uh, you can you can come in early, uh, but we're going to start it at nine o'clock Eastern time. And I think I figured out a way that I can record record it. So in case you miss it or you can't be there, you can always watch it on the replay. Now, uh, Joe, to, uh, do we have? I hear a rumor that we may have a special guest coming. That's right. Well, tomorrow, um, uh, my former boss, I worked for him for a rather short time, but also a longtime friend, uh, Jim Witt, is going to be a guest here on the Joe and Joe show. Uh, for those of you who live, especially in the Hudson Valley, as I do, Jim has been on the air for almost 50 years on radio station WHUD uh, in the Hudson Valley. They broadcast out of, uh, out of uh, Peekskill. Uh, but more importantly, since 1986, he has been putting out a long-range weather calendar. Uh, Joe, it's a beautiful calendar. We'll show it off tomorrow night uh, during the interview. But uh, more importantly, uh, all of the proceeds for this calendar, and it costs, I believe, and Jim will straighten me out on the price, but right now, as of, as of this year, I think it costs $8, but all the proceeds go to... Uh, a, a foundation which he founded back in 1986 called uh, the uh, Youth Foundation. And all of the money goes to various um, charities for children, such as St. Jude and uh, Ronald McDonald House or whatever. Jim single-handedly through, uh, uh, through this foundation has raised since 1986 over $4 million. He hasn't taken a penny he has given the money out to all of these charities. 
And he does this with this calendar in which he makes long range forecasts. And I, I must say, if, if, if the forecast, the long range forecast weren't accurate to any kind of degree, I'm sure he couldn't have gone more than a few years in selling it. But people have been buying it. People have relied in it, uh, on it. Um, he learned how to do these long range forecasts from a gentleman who was on Channel 2 back in the 60s, not Gordon Barnes, but another guy named Harry Geis. I personally don't remember Harry Geis, but Harry Geis um, made a forecast in October for a big snowstorm on Christmas Eve in 1966, which came to fruition. Jim, who at the time was teaching at Lakeland High School, he was teaching a class in meteorology, and he contacted Harry Geis, and Harry Geis said, since you're a teacher, I'm going to show you how I did it. Jim learned. Jim did some experiments on his own, and he has uh, since then come up with his own methodology for long-range forecasting, has used it to make this calendar. The calendar, as I said, has been going on since 1986. He's still selling it. He's selling the 20, 2021 edition now, and uh, I'm sure he'll tell everybody how, if you're interested, you can get a copy of the calendar, and he's going to be our guest uh, tomorrow night on Joe and Joe. All right, so we we're going to be doing that. Uh, I, I also want to just very quickly, I already I put it up on the chat board before the show began, but if you're a latecomer, I'll put it up again. Uh, we have uh, one of our uh, regulars, uh, John Trabacchino, who is uh, ill. He has a malignant uh, uh, glioblastoma, geoblastoma brain tumor, and he's having a procedure done tomorrow. Uh, he has a GoFundMe page. And he could uh, he could use some some aid here. So if you uh, please, uh, 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 I appeal to your generosity uh, uh, to go to the GoFundMe page, even if it's just a few dollars. Every dollar helps. Okay, so um, we're going to talk about tonight because it's it, Joe. We got it's not exactly the um, 2020 scenario that I uh, drew up, but it's getting to look awfully close on as each day goes by and if you think back to a uh, back 10 or 12 days ago when we had some of the long-range models uh, showing something like what's ha going to be happening then it went away as it likes to do and then it brings it back and <clears throat> what struck me today was the fact that the uh, the European model uh, the icon model the GFS are all pretty much on the same page with the notion that we're going to have two <clears throat> separate lows come out, which is a little unusual. Uh, the uh, Hurricane Zeta uh, is going to accelerate northeastward. That may maintain its identity as it goes by to our south. So there might be, an, I think there might be something to it as it goes by with respect to, well, rain was going to be the case anyway. But uh, we might even have a little bit of wind as that uh, low goes by to our south. And then there's going to be the, the, uh, the trough. And the southern shortwave that represents the big winter storm that's going on right now in in uh, New Mexico, in the southern Rockies, and in the southern plains, that comes out Im immediately behind it. And you're going to complicate it with cold air being try trying to draw southward. I, I wonder whether, you know, areas, let, let's, let's just say up the Hudson Valley, uh, north of Route 84 in New England, and, and go up uh, north of there. A changeover to some wet, some wet snow, and maybe accumulating wet snow out of it. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I really don't know about accumulating snow. I will go with 
snow. I will, it would not surprise me at this point, five days out, that come Thursday night late or Friday morning, I wake up and look out the window and see wet snowflakes flying. But keep in mind that we've had temperatures and will continue to have temperatures during the day in the 50s and nighttime lows up until the time of changeover, mostly in the 40s. And so it seems hard pressed maybe on the grass, maybe on colder cars. Oh, right. I'm, I'm, and also talking elevation here too. I mean, you go, right. up, you go up north, it's certainly I'll, possible. I'll very, but again, I, on the other hand, you know, I, I know firsthand this late in the this October 29th, even Sal, Sal Blandino on that October 29th date, it, he's at, you know, seriously, there's something about that particular date for some reason that, that we get these weird events that uh, are magnified to it. But uh, look, the way I, I when people ask me about something like this and we had we had a European run where the snow maps today brought accumulating snow uh, down to Long Island. I mean, it actually gave me an inch and a half, uh, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, <clears throat> but the way something like that happens this time of year is uh, twofold. One is it's it's got to be a- atmospherically, it almost has to be perfect. Uh, and second uh, of all, uh, you're not going to go, you're not going to know four days out. So <laughs> you really aren't going to know if there's some kind of, let's refer to it as an atmospheric perfection with regards to what's going on at the surface, the mid-levels and the, and the upper levels of the atmosphere, until we get there. Uh, so it, I think from from now, this is, uh, let's call this practice for the winter, where we will have the, the uh, consternation, the gnashing of teeth days before. We're practicing that now, is what we're doing. Okay, this is just a practice. And by the way, the other big thing tonight is the fact that we have a hurricane watch up. Where do you think that hurricane watch is up for? The 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 latest. I didn't get a chance to see the the latest uh, stuff from the uh, hurricane center. We have a hurricane watch up for the Central Gulf Coast. Where on the Central Gulf Coast do you think we have a hurricane watch? Louisiana, correct. Uh, For this time for Southeast Louisiana, which actually through much of this hurricane season they've been going west of there. This one, uh, Zeta, may wind up going into Southeast Louisiana, and of course. It's Zeta once inland, the remnant system uh, that gets kicked along to the northeast. I think, Joe, you're going to see some interaction here with the with the upper trough, the rather fairly impressive looking upper trough that's swinging around and the one swinging to the west. So, so this might have a little bit of baroclinic energy as it runs out to the northeast. And uh, I think the most important takeaway is that we could see a, uh, subst- a substantial amount of rain. And when I say substantial, I mean enough to help out the drought situation in southern and southeastern New England. If they could wind up getting at least a couple of inches of rain squeezed out of this, <clears throat> it would certainly be a, a good thing. But we could have uh, uh, higher rain amounts as you go south, uh, down uh, south of New York City, down toward uh, southern New Jersey, southern Pennsylvania, and into Maryland and, and uh, into Virginia. I think, uh, Joe, that the uh, scenario, as I, as I was about to say a couple of minutes ago, <clears throat> you don't have to, you know, convince me that this early in the season you can get accumulating snow because uh, that snow on October 29, 2011, dumped 14 inches of heavy, wet snow on my property. And right. indeed, it did stick. 
And indeed, it did break a lot of tree branches, tree limbs. I had a whole mess of money that I had to give to a local tree guy here to clear away all that stuff off my lawn. It sounded that night, uh, that storm, you step outside on my front porch, it sounded like uh, hunters in the woods, you know, with rifle shots. Those weren't rifle shots. Those are tree limbs and branches breaking off because of the heavy snow. So you don't have to convince me that we can get snow this early in the season, but I'm just not convinced. I think most of what's going to come our way Thursday through Friday is going to be of the wet variety. But again, late Thursday night or early Friday, a quick change over to wet snow before ending. Um, I'd still have to be convinced that it's going to stick to any degree, right. except maybe to the grass. But we'll, we, we've got a few days to, to, oh, you're going to you're, you're gonna have to convince me too. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe a little bit more supportive of the idea further north, you know, well, if you go up the Hudson Valley, say north of, uh, you can start going I-90 north, uh, in particular. I, I think there it's probably a bit more doable. The WPC folks were impressed enough that on their, um, on their forecast, but uh, on their five day, on day five, so this is Friday into Saturday, they have a fairly large area of ten to thirty percent possible probability of it of of an inch of or more of snow uh, down into northern New Jersey, almost down to Route seventy eight, and then it kind of cuts across to about your house, Mr. Rayo, uh, much of Connecticut except south of ninety five, and then you've got some patches of thirty to fifty percent being indicated up in the Catskills, the Berkshires. Uh, in uh, in in uh, Massachusetts, Western Mass, and uh, up into Southern Vermont. So, there, at least at least we can say that from what's on the board right now in terms of um, what models have been showing the last several runs, uh, that the the WPC folks seem to be looking at this with a bit of interest. Let's put it that way. Well, more than just a bit of interest for them to even mention the possibility of accumulating snow as far south as as far south as parts of the tri-state area again this early in the season is uh, rather unusual. Let's let's say uh, maybe a ten once in ten or fifteen year event. Again, we did see snow back in 1979 on the 10th of October making its way all the way down to New York City. It wasn't much in terms of accumulating snow, but and even down to Washington, Philadelphia, and Baltimore, it, snow was sighted. On uh, on the tenth of October, so the, the, it, certainly this is a possibility. Certainly, you can have it at this early se early part of the year, but again, it does not happen very often. But it looks like it's going to take the combination of uh, a chilly air mass coming down from the north, Joe, and a, a tropical system of all things coming up from the south to maybe turn the trick and uh, make this make this happen. You you uh, know you know if you know if it happens, I'm taking credit for this. I know that's what you've been saying. <laughs> And we're not done yet because we still have the whole month of November and the month of December where it can still happen. So right, we'll and you see. said we pointed out yesterday. You pointed out yesterday about the fact that in 2005 uh, there was actually an unnamed storm in early October, right? Which was not counted in as a name. So even though we're up to Zeta and Zeta was the final name on the list in 2005, really 2005 has something, you know, has one storm more than than what we've seen this year but it just didn't have a name it was a it was an after right uh, they, 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 in post analysis they looked back at the at, at the storm and decided to upgrade it um, by, the, by the way by the way did did you know that babe ruth hit we we all know that he hit 714 home runs 
But did you know that he actually hit 715 home runs? I heard this story once before. Yeah, yeah, I forgot what what happened, but I have heard it. 34 years after the fact, after his last at bat. In 1969, the MLB was doing a computer survey of all their records, and they came across a game at Fenway Park. This is when Babe Ruth was playing for the Red Sox. 1918, I think it was July of 1918, against the Cleveland Indians. The game was a scoreless tie through nine innings. In the bottom of the 10th, the Red Sox got a batter on base by way of a single. Babe Ruth came up, and he hit a ball deep into the right field bleachers. What was the final score? No, it wasn't two to nothing. It was one to nothing because back then the rules said that when the winning run crosses the plate, the game is over. Right. So Babe, so Babe only got as far as third and was credited with a triple, even though he had a home run. Say, yeah, that's ridiculous. And, that... they was, and they were saying that they were saying in '69, well, maybe we ought to give him the 715th home run. Then they finally said no because there's so many other cases like this. It would probably be a headache or a nightmare to try to correct everything. Right. So why don't we just leave things as they are? So Babe had 715, but he ends up on record with 714. Well, now that everything is computerized, it'll only take you three strokes on a keyboard. They could fix it up for the whole MLB anyway. Right, you so see, You see the parallel here? Yeah. 2005, 2005 had 28 storms. That right. Named, and now to the record, it only has 27. 27. And we're tied with that now. All right. Lotto, let, let, let's let's get going here with the weather, we, uh, with what's going on tonight, because we have a lot of uh, winter storm warning and ice storm warnings up over West Texas and then on northeastward into central Oklahoma, a large area of almost the whole state of New Mexico is under a winter storm warning. Also, all of uh, West Texas and the Oklahoma panhandle, winter weather advisories extend northeast up into parts of, of uh, Missouri, and also, as we said, uh, with regards to uh, southeast Louisiana, under a hurricane watch, tropical storm watches extend out further west uh, into uh, the central Louisiana coast, uh, back to uh, about, I'm not sure if it includes all the way to Cameron Parish, I'd have to go to, I didn't get a close look, and then it also extends east uh, over into uh, the Florida panhandle. So we've got, uh, plus they also already have storm surge watches up as well, so this of course with Hurricane Zeta, who... Uh, uh, is uh, actually uh, outperforming a bit uh, with regards to strengthening uh, since uh, since yesterday. And uh, other than that, it's pretty quiet. We have the first flash flood watches up for northwest Georgia, and I'm sure there's going to be more in the way of flash flood watches that will go up uh, in short order. This is the uh, uh, Weather Service digital forecast with regards to additional snowfall. Uh, they've already gotten some. They're going to get more, so we're looking at maybe another up to a, a, an additional 9 to 15 inches uh, in uh, in uh, uh, New Mexico and into parts of West Texas. Looks like Santa Fe's got a bullet mark here of uh, 9, 6 at Albuquerque, uh, as uh, we, we occasionally like to refer to Albuquerque, and uh, 6 uh, in Amarillo. Lower amounts as you start to go north. Now, remember, that storm was also over uh, Colorado and through the central Rockies over the weekend. And uh, the, the uh, snowfall amounts were pretty impressive. This is through 7 o'clock this morning. And we have a large area of uh, 6 to 12 and 12 to 18. Ruthless Goat, who's one of our regulars here, uh, he uh, uh, up in Loveland, Colorado, uh, picking up uh, over a foot there. Uh, Boulder uh, got 8. Uh, Fort Collins, 12. 
I think well, Colorado Springs is on the outside of this, and they had they got three. I'm trying to find uh, where's Denver. What they do with Denver here on this map? I can't believe they don't have Denver here on this map. Oh, there it is. It's right in front of me. And I have my glasses on. Denver was kind of on the edge. Denver got four. But north and west of there, and of course in western Colorado, really just kind of got clobbered here. And the snows uh, through 7 a.m. this morning, extending down into northern New Mexico and just getting into northwest Texas. So when we look at this map tomorrow, these are 72-hour snow amounts, by the way. And they were extensive all the way up into Wyoming and into South Dakota. And then uh, some of that extended northeastward up into parts of Iowa and Minnesota. So it was, uh, it's been a rather busy weekend and Monday uh, for winter storms. And now let's go to uh, Zeta, Mr. Rayo. Uh, Zeta, we'll start with the satellite. And it really, it looks like it's still strengthening here as it approaches the Yucatan Peninsula. Well, they said that, and they also, uh, they being the folks at the National Hurricane Center, uh, yesterday said that uh, even though they thought that it might actually weaken as it approaches the immediate uh, Gulf Coastal area, that uh, they weren't really all that confident in that. And they said, they also, of course, pointed out that one of the, one of the things that they are least uh, confident in is trying to make a forecast for intensities of tropical cyclones. So it'll be interesting to see how, uh, whether or not Zeta holds, holds, holds its own uh, in, the, uh, in the coming days. I think one of the keys to when it gets into the Gulf, well, two two things. One is how strong does it get after it crosses the northern part of the Yucatan Peninsula and gets on the other side. <clears throat> it probably will have favorable ocean water temperature and certainly favorable upper air conditions, at least between the time it gets offshore and goes up to about, say, 25, 26 degrees north. It's those last 200 miles or so where the uh, Gulf water temperatures now have cooled, and I think I think the key to that is how strong does it, how strong does it get while it has the opportunity to strengthen tomorrow, uh, and then when it gets north of say 26 degrees north, 27 degrees north, is it going to be moving fast enough where the we the weakening will take its time? So I think that's that'll be the big that'll be the big question to figure out. And either way, I mean, we're still talking about a lot of moisture here that's going to be moving up uh, and eventually heading up uh, into uh, the up the eastern seaboard. And, I, and as I said earlier, I think when we see all those flash flood, the flash flood watches that they just started going up, I think when we're here tomorrow, we're going to see a whole lot more. This is a the the recon from earlier. Let me give this a refresh here. I want to just go see if there's anything new. Uh, mission 10 is on en route, so they just sent out a new mission. Here's the last one, 984 millibars, and I'm just kind of looking at the wind barbs. There's a lot of 60 to 64 knot winds that were observed. I don't see any 64 to 83 knot winds um, on the, on this plot, but the plane on on this uh, didn't. Well, they made one pass. They didn't, they I guess they 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 now getting a second plane to do another set of fixes. So we'll see what the Hurricane Center comes back with this. And on the 8 o'clock advisory, which is now, no, it's not up yet. <coughs> okay, it's still the, the uh, <coughs> 5 p.m. 
19.5860, top winds 80 miles an hour, moving northwest at 10. And you can see the forecast track here. Now, here's, here's the thing, Joe. Um, 1 p.m. Thursday, I mean, it makes this sharp right turn, okay? And then from 1 p.m. Thursday, when it's in northeast Georgia, 24 hours later, it's sitting uh, east of Cape Cod. And it looks like if you drew a track line, uh, it would probably take this first this lead low, I don't know, maybe just around Cape May or just east of Cape May, Atlantic City, and pass south of Long Island. And, of course, that is going to be the rain for Thursday into Friday morning. And then we have the southwest, the, uh, the uh, southern plains storm that will be moving northeast and the upper air support that goes with that. And that continues the precip. In theory, I mean that's the way it looks at the moment during the day on Friday, and it's in that it's in that time frame that we're going to look to see whether we wind up seeing some of the white stuff mixing in. But I, I think that we could. I'm going to be curious to see when we get to Thursday, what exactly are we dealing with when it's moving northeastward at that rate of speed and with the you know that upper trough kind of interacting with it. What are we going to be left with? Well, you know, it, it could very well be. Uh, uh, if the two systems coalesce into one, that might be like the equivalent of atmospheric steroids being injected into the remnants of Zeta. And we could see a, a very potent uh, nor'easter type system with, uh, with heavy duty precipitation, strong winds, and again, uh, cold air advection sweeping rapidly in behind the uh, departing system, which could be just enough to change over uh, the rain to snow. And yeah, maybe over especially higher terrain or higher elevation areas result in a uh, in, in an accumulation. Uh, Joe, we may uh, see, maybe not necessarily for the immediate New York area, but for upstate New York and for uh, elevated terrain areas, Orange County comes immediately to mind and also uh, Sullivan and Dutchess and Ulster County. Maybe, dare I say, winter storm watches or winter weather. Oh, advisory. not now. Come on. No, stop. Stop. <laughs> you went from being completely doubtful. Now you're putting up all sorts of colored flags up. With winter storm, it's cut it out. Not yet. I'm, I'm Stop. Not, I'm not. I'm just saying. Would if, if if the thing if the two systems get together and really go bananas, that that would not be completely out of the question. Now, of course, now everybody's all everybody on the chat board. Those winter weather lovers <laughs> are yelling and saying, "That's it, Joe. You got it, Joe. That's what. That's the kind of language we want to hear." Right. You're loving you, and they're despising me at the moment. Uh, the uh, model hurricane model forecast tracks. And most of them, uh, you know, except for 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 two, most of them take that lead the lead low that represents Zeta uh, south of us, south of New York City, so from Atlantic from uh, southern New Jersey down to as far south as uh, southern Virginia, and then just kind of rocket ship it rocket ship it out to the northeast, which makes complete sense. And uh, on the hurricane intensity models, uh, interestingly enough, there was actually one. <laughs> that took this to a category three, believe it or not, uh, and another one that takes it to a category two, but the vast majority have it as a uh, a category one before landfall, and then, of course, you see the uh, the weakening, although it's not a rapid weakening, and I'm wondering, looking looking at the uh, a couple of these intensity models that weaken it down to about 45 knots, but then they sort of leave it there, and I wonder whether those are picking, those models are picking up on the potential for some extra tropical uh, impacts here. Uh, listen, the uh, European has a 988 low, 
uh, coming out um, off the off the coast there, uh, off of uh, Delo off off of Delaware. I mean, that's not too shabby a pressure for a, for a, a, a former tropical system. So we'll see what what happens. What what more? What more can I? I know you you probably at this point in time, after what I just uttered a few moments ago, you probably are saying to yourself, "I wish you'd shut up." No, I would never. <laughs> I would I would never. You know me. I would never say that, you know, to your face. I might say it behind your back, but I never say it in front of you. Front of... <laughs> oh, oh. Anyway, so let's look at the new G. Actually, you know what? I'm going to uh, give a... Eight extremes, by the way, just chat, put on the chat board. Rayo, we love you and your puppy hair now. <laughs> uh, did you get your hair done? No, I didn't. I just, when I, when I, when I wash it and I blow dry it, and my wife hates me when she 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 would prefer to do the blow drying for me because when I do it, it gets all in her words poofy. Okay. So I have poofy hair right now. Well, I you know I called my I call my my hair guy because I you know I'm so big I have a I have a hair guy. Okay. I'm such a big star that I have See, now, know, my I, own I, hair I, person. And I call regardless of my hair I and mean, regardless of about by my hair I did open the can of worms because now we're beginning to see. Um, Adam Lowe says, I can see the Catskills getting nine to 12 inches. Right. Bill Rogers is saying, is Joe Rayo planning to put out numbers in the Catskills? <laughs> what, did I, what did I start? Not though? today. <laughs> Not today. Um, anyway, my hair guy, I call him because I'm in desperate need of a, of a, of a buzz cut here. And he calls me back and he's in Pittsburgh of all places. He's in Pittsburgh. And, you know, he said he, wouldn't be back until till Wednesday, and I was like, "Well, that doesn't really help me because I need a haircut today. Can't you just get on a plane and come back and cut my hair? You'd be back to Pittsburgh, you know, by dinner time." But he wasn't really looking at it in the same context that I was. So I'll have to wait for Wednesday to get my hair dyed. Done. Done. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, all right. So let's look at this. Right. Exactly. Um, Anyhow, the uh, let's look at the GFS to see how what we're looking at here with respect to the upper air. So uh, here, upper high over Florida and just east of Florida. Zeta is moving into this weakness that is developing to the west of that high. We have this deep upper low, cutoff low that's uh, formed and dropped down into northern Arizona. And of course, that's bringing a ton of cold air pretty far south. And then you have this northern part of the jet stream, which continues to just kind of hang there, and you have short waves that are moving along it. So it, it's um, three pieces here, really. There's Zeta coming across the uh, northern Yucatan Peninsula, moving back offshore. Your southwest upper low is swinging east. You have a short wave trough that's actually moving uh, across upstate New York and New England tomorrow, and maybe... Just maybe that'll allow for just enough drying that we might actually see, dare I say it, Joe, a ray or two of sun here on Wednesday. And then the pieces start to come together for the end of the week. So you've got Zeta moving up toward the Louisiana coast. The southern plains, the, the southwest upper low now moves into Texas and sort of kicks it to the northeast like a football. And then the, the next thing that comes down is another short wave that's coming down in the northern stream. So you've got Zeta, this upper low, and that short wave. Those are the three pieces and how they interact with each other going forward. What 
I think is going to happen, Joe, is that Zeta stays separate, gets kicked out to the northeast Thursday night into Friday morning, and then you're left with the upper, the strong upper low in the southern stream, the short wave in the north, and they sort of phase together as they come through later Friday into Friday night. That makes for that second low that the uh, that the GFS and the European and the ICON model are all showing, which is why we have um, this. And I've got the radar view here. I'm going to switch over to uh, the other view. And that's the uh, mean sea level pressure, because I like everybody to see the isobars. You can see the two surface lows here a lot better. So there, this is now for Thursday morning. There's Zeta. There's the, south, the, uh, the low with the system coming out of the southern plains. The first low, Zeta gets uh, kicked out. The second low now has reformed down east of, uh, of the Virginia coast, and then it starts to pull down that colder air. You see the GFS with the changeover to snow before it ends later Friday afternoon and Friday evening. And then uh, I think we're going to have a cold Saturday with the, the, the uh, high behind it and the colder air that gets pulled down. Uh, the one other thing I want to look at, Joe, is the parallel GFS, if only because of the fact that the parallel GFS has a much colder look to it. And I, I, th I think because it, it really takes that second low and deepens it considerably. I mean, it, it has a fairly deep low that comes off with Zeta uh, southeast of, uh, of New Jersey. But then the second low really uh, uh, you know, wraps up as it goes by to our south and that cold air starts to get pulled down. So it's got that dark blue snow in northeastern Pennsylvania and, I don't know, down to maybe uh, Dutchess County, northern Connecticut, Massachusetts, and in, in that area. And then that cold air sort of bleeds down. The parallel GFS to me looks a lot like the European did today. Yeah, and um, you're right about uh, Saturday. Saturday in the wake of this, will mean a, a very un, uh, unseasonably chilly day by all means. And I don't know how many, you know, kids with the COVID situation uh, will be out and about Saturday afternoon and evening doing trick-or-treating. But if they are doing trick-or-treating, uh, they had better have their, uh, their Snuggies or uh, something heavy underneath that costume because it's going to be pretty darn, darn cold by the time we get to Saturday evening. And, of course, don't also forget, uh, before you go to bed Saturday night, we're going back on standard time, uh, thank God, and uh, we'll have yeah. all of our weather information an hour earlier beginning on Sunday. Uh, the icon, uh, the first low, the Zeta low, uh, Thursday evening is in uh, Chesapeake Bay, southeast of Atlantic City by uh, 8 p.m. Thursday night, running out to the northeast. And then the second low is in West Virginia, redevelops right over the Delmarva Peninsula, and then it's that second low that uh, the uh, icon uh, intensifies. I think it's that's down to a 987 low southeast of Atlantic City. And it's that that that's what pulls down the cold air. And it's during the day on Friday. You see all that darker blue. Again, most of it is to the north. But on the on the earlier run, Joe, the icon actually brought snow down to Long Island. On this run, it's a little bit further to the north. It brings it down to Connecticut, northern New Jersey, you know, northeast PA, north and east, and then it pulls away uh, to the northeast, and then again also gets pretty cold uh, as we go through the weekend. One thing I want to show you here too, by the way, is uh, WPC's uh, seven-day rainfall forecast 
which is pretty robust. I mean, they got the three-inch rain line right up to about New York City. So it cuts across Pennsylvania in half. Uh, so the southern half is three inches plus. The northern half is three inches, is less than three. But the, the three-inch line to about New York City, Long Island, the touching uh, southeastern, uh, you know, the Cape Cod area. So it does at least bring what looks like uh, a couple of inches of rain to southern, New, in southern and southeastern New England. And also those heavy rains go down into Delaware to northeastern Maryland and then kind of in a narrow band back through southern Ohio, southern Indiana, and in through Missouri and northeastern Arkansas. And you can see the heavy rain trail that runs from the Gulf into southeast Louisiana and on up uh, into uh, Alabama and Georgia. So that is from Hurricane Zeta. And one other thing, I don't know if did you look did you look at the 18Z GFS because I kind of looked at it briefly in the long long range and I did notice something. Um, Joe, uh, one thing is uh, and, the, and the GFS has been doing this for uh, the last several days. It does have another what looks like another hurricane uh, in about 10 days or so uh, coming out of the Caribbean and going over Cuba and to the northeast. But on this particular run, um, it did something odd. It has something coming down in the north from the north, so let me just get to it here. That would uh, be Ada, by the way, if we get another tropical system. Right. So the, this uh, is at, this is day eleven. So this is on Saturday, November seventh, which would be next, not this coming weekend, but the following one. Veterans Day. Uh, right. So it's got a, um, <clears throat> um, you know, it comes out north of Cuba and through the Bahamas, and then it's got something going on in the upper air with a, a, a non-tropical low that forms in North Carolina, and it picks up this thing and just absorbs it, and you've got this sort of, you know, mega non-tropical low that runs up the, the Appalachians and into the Northeast. So that I thought was kind of an interesting uh, solution uh, on this particular run. That's not to say it's going to happen. I just because just I think it's interesting doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. And um, with respect to the upper air, yeah, it's got some kind of big cutoff that drops down from the lakes and cuts off in Georgia for of all purpose. You know, that's that's a that's a very interesting upper air to have if you to have and have a hurricane developing down in 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 the Caribbean again. Oh. So we don't want to go down that particular road right now. Um, but maybe on, on the uh, on the Patreon member Zoom coming up at nine o'clock Eastern time tonight. We could uh, just take a quick look at this and see what, if anything, it means. But I am short range for focused at the moment, so I really don't. Well, I really don't care me, too much about this. Let me ask you a question. Uh, with the with the, the remnants of Zeta mm. and that upper system from the west trying to coalesce or join together, and maybe if if we do have some sort of an intensification of uh, this storm system. Do you think there's a chance we may see any convection, that there may be some thunderstorms rumbling about? Well, um... night or early Friday? I don't think it's impossible. I certainly don't think it's impossible. Um, I, I'd like to see what the dynamics look like when we get there. Um, but um, I, won't, I won't rule it out. It's a little too early, Joe, to talk about thunder snow. <laughs> no, I understand. <clears throat> I will say this. <clears throat> I will say this. For uh, Catskills... Poconos, Catskills, Berkshires, you know, you go north of Route 84, um, and especially as you get up further north the Hudson Valley. Yeah, I, I think this is something that you have to really keep an eye on, uh, because you, I, I could see how this could evolve into one of those 
heavy, wet snowstorms up there uh, where uh, you wind up having, you know, huge, you have having huge problems. Now, whether it I, make, makes it downstate or not is another matter, but I don't think, I don't think we're going to really know that until we get to Thursday anyway. My, my uh, daughter lives uh, up in uh, the New Paltz area, Ulster County, and she intends to come home on Friday. And I told her uh, on the phone this morning, I said, you uh, should expect that you'll be seeing some snow. I left it right there. I didn't say anything about accumulations or whatever, but I'm sure in the days to come, we'll see whether or not she is indeed planning to come home on Friday or whether or not she would be better to just stay up where she is. Uh, I just want to make a correction. So um, when I spoke earlier about the John, John Trappacchino and I put up the GoFundMe page, I, I, uh, I, I slightly misspoke. He's having aggressive chemotherapy added today and he's going to be having it for five days for a week and then three weeks off and then has to go through it again. So he's going to be, he's having a very rough, it's going to have a very rough time potentially here. So uh, again, uh, the link is up there on the chat board. I'll put it up, uh, up uh, this GoFundMe page. So uh, please, if you like, uh, go ahead and uh, pop a few bucks in for John. All right. So we had a, um, we had half a Briller Jeopardy yesterday that we did. So uh, the chairman uh, left us a uh, one with 10 possibilities. <clears throat> so um, now we'll get to um, five. So hang on, the other five. So I got to find, now, I, now it's my turn to find the chat. See, I hear, here's the funny thing. I got missing, oh, here, I got it now. So the question was, Mr. Rayo, uh, the biggest um, snowstorms for these cities. And we said Atlanta, Seattle, Denver, Mount Washington, and Flagstaff. We started out with that. Correct? Correct. Okay. Did we get to the, the answers for those? I don't remember. No, I think we just, you, you gave them to me and... Uh, All right. I gave them to you to think about. That's what it was. Right. Okay. Right. So um, now that you've had ample time, I'm sure you've thought about nothing else. Since we since we last spoke on um, yesterday when we were on on our Sunday morning show, so let's get your answers to these uh, to these questions. And I'm trying to pull up the answers myself, which are on another site because it keeps me from cheating. Uh, so again, the question, Mr. Rayo, is the biggest snowstorm, and they could be multi-day events uh, for Atlanta. Okay, so yeah, we, we we said we said Atlanta, Seattle, Denver, Mount Washington, and, and Flagstaff. So for Atlanta, Atlanta, what could they possibly have at that latitude uh, when everything just falls into place? I'm gonna I'll, I'll say that they've had ten inches as the uh, as their all time heaviest. Okay, uh, so Atlanta ten. Seattle, um, Seattle. I would, I would. They're close to the Cascade Mountains, and uh, that the record for Seattle, in my memory, uh, was broken sometime in the last couple of years. Uh, I, I remember we had they had that. It was like a two day event up there, and they got clobbered. It was a very rare, rare thing indeed for them. So I'm just, I'm just, just telling you that it's probably not as small a number as you think. Um, no, I, I would say they, I'll, I'll say for Seattle, 13. Uh, Denver. Denver, I, I'm going to go whole hog and say something like 20, 24. Uh, Mount Washington. 
Now, Washington might be, you know, you say to yourself, oh my goodness, they're 6,300 feet above sea level. And, uh, you know, they're close enough to the coast to get whacked by, you know, synoptically speaking, a major nor'easter and dump tremendous snows on them, but maybe not quite as heavy as we might think. Um, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, 24. I'll say 24. All right. So, um, and Flagstaff. Flagstaff. And that also, I think, was a recent uh, record that might have been set. Because I remember we watched it. We watched it here on, uh, and I pulled up live cameras on, on the show because we had no snow of our own to watch. So we watched theirs. I'd <laughs> say 14 for Flagstaff. 14 for a maximum snowfall for Flagstaff? A one, for a one-day event. Well, it could also be a multi-day event as long as it came out of one storm. Okay. Since you're alluding to uh, something a lot bigger than 14, let me say 28. All right. That's a better number. Okay. I, 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 you, I think you're going to suffer enough from some of the other gross errors that you made here. But Atlanta, I... Atlanta is 10, all right? Which wasn't too bad. What did you say, 8? I think I said 10. Didn't I say 10? Did you say 10? Well, it was... No, I didn't no. Say I'm sorry. I wrote down your answers. <laughs> okay. So Atlanta was... You said 10. The answer is 8.3. Okay. Now, I tried to help you with Seattle. You said 13. The answer right. is 20. Wow. Okay. That's pretty uh, good for, for a city that probably has exactly three snow plows. Right. Now, for Denver, what did you say for Denver? I said 24. 45.7. How the heck did they live with a 45 in a major metropolitan area of 45 inches of snow? Oh, you know, in Denver, probably melted the next day. Okay. Now, here's. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was, it was 92 the next, the very next afternoon. Mount Washington, you couldn't have been further off. 49.3. Wow. For a 24 hour snowfall. And. You know, but I, you know, Joe, I said. They're 6,300 feet above sea level. They're close enough to get whacked by a major nor'easter. But I, for some reason, I said, this is a trick question. Maybe they didn't get quite as much as what I, I might otherwise. Otherwise, I would have said something like 50. But I figured, well, let me see what would happen if I said 24 or, or whatever. So. Well, what happened was you were grossly wrong by 50%. And Flagstaff, 35.9. Wow. Okay. I've been to Flagstaff. Now, well, when, they, when you go again, apologize for not knowing that their record snowfall was 35.9. All right, right, so here's the next five cities. So you could do, you could think about this for tomorrow. Okay, you ready? Right. Dallas. Okay. Chicago. Okay. Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia. Right. And Jacksonville, Florida. I will say this in advance of tomorrow. Philadelphia, I think the all-time record, I actually was was on duty forecasting. Uh, this was the, the great megalopolitan snowstorm of February 1983. And I don't remember the exact number, but I do remember, I in fact, I have the, I, I kept all of the teletype messages from all of the major cities in the Northeast. And the final statement on the storm in Philadelphia, they had the header, this is one you're going to tell your grandchildren about. I think it had. I think it was something on the order of like 24, 25, and something some ridiculous number like that. But I, I think it was 1983, unless the the blizzard of '96 topped the '83 storm. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. And Chicago, 
I think in 1979, the mayor of Chicago, Mayor Belandic, I think was the mayor's name, uh, lost the election because he, he thoroughly mishandled the winter uh, storm situation. He was like, it was kind of like the equivalent of what happened to Mayor Lindsay mm -hmm. in 69. And he, unlike Lindsay, who had the Mets to, at the last minute, win the World Series and help win him another four years as the uh, New York mayor, Belandic had nothing to, to fall back on. And I think there was something, the, the, the snowfall was something like 20, 25 or 27 inches in the Chicago area. And there was, a, there was a big storm in Chicago in 67 that was also about 25, 27 inches. So those are the two storms I'll make a, a preliminary comment about, and we'll take our, our best shots on those tomorrow night. All right. So uh, let me, let's, uh, we'll wrap it up here. Just want to, again, uh, pay, my Patreon members, those of you on the uh, patreon.com slash meteorologist Joe Chaffee weather platform. We're going to be doing a Zoom at 9 o'clock Eastern time, so the links will be going up within the next 10 minutes. So check your Patreon account for that, and hopefully you can join us uh, at uh, at 9. And if, if you can't, uh, the, uh, the, I'm going to record it, so for Patreon members, you'll be able to watch it on a replay. And also, uh, one uh, last... Um, reminder with winter coming, uh, Omni True Value hardware is ready. So, are you ready? Uh, do you have enough salt? Do you have uh, mag ice melting pellets and flakes, uh, Petalo premium snow and ice melter, spreaders, shovels? If you got all your stuff ready, Joe, 1226 North Wellwood Avenue, West Babylon, New York, 631 756 1125, or go to the website omnitruevalue.com for more information so also tomorrow night jim meteorologist jim witt uh, he'll be with us uh he'll be talking about uh, uh long-range forecast uh, for the upcoming his long-range forecast for the upcoming winter uh, he'll throw out a few dates i'm sure and also talk about his wonderful uh organization that he uh, supports and uh, we'll be uh we'll be here tomorrow night at 7 30 eastern time so you be there too See Bill, Ro okay. Bill Rogers on the chat board. He already <laughs> he already uh, posted 1996 Philly had over 30 inches of snow. See, I knew I knew that Philly that the 83 storm was amazing, but then again the 96 storm. I said that could be the only storm that could have rivaled or topped 96. I mean uh, 83. So apparently 30 inches plus for uh, for uh, well apparently the folks on the chat board are helping you cheat. So <laughs> so we'll. Uh, uh, we'll end it here and we will, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks everybody for being here. Oh, I forgot one other thing. I, cause I, I, I forgot about this. Uh, Steve LaPointe, uh, you hit the super chat tonight. Thank you so much, Steve. Uh, Joe and I really do appreciate it greatly. Have a great night, everybody. And, uh, we'll see you uh, tomorrow, seven 30 Eastern time. Bye.